Good day and welcome to The Buzz, a bank automation news podcast. I'm Deputy Editor Lorraine Lawson. In today's episode, Steve Kramer joins us to discuss how banks can use automated payments and digital wallets to reduce customer friction. Mr. Kramer is the Vice President of Product at Billing and Payments Platform Pay Near Me, and he has more than 25 years of payment and product experience. We started the discussion with a look at what he means when he says payments are still very manual. You know, it's it's funny. There are so many different ways payments are handled manually. Uh, you know, people have been talking about straight through processing for years, right? Oh, yeah, it should all be automated. And when you look under the covers, so much of it is not. Um, we'll start with cash, right? Cash is the most obvious one. Um, and, and in so many cases... Um, cash is an autom- is a still a manual process. Collecting the cash in, somehow posting it in your system, usually a manual process. Um, you know, then dealing with cash pickup, all of that. Um, so it's it's a very obvious one that still hasn't. You know, many companies haven't adopted a straight through process. And and where they really need to look is right. Why shouldn't you find a way to treat cash the way we treat a lot of electronic payments? Right, digitizing the cash, if you will, and that can then feed into automated processes that you already have. Um, and, and start getting cash more in line with straight through processing than, than you know, it is today. Checks, another great example. Um, again, much more automated than it was you know, back a number of years ago. Um, but even when you look at um, electronic payments, you know, uh, card payments or even you know, electronic check ACH type payments where people are like, oh yeah, that's, that's entirely automated. And you'll, you'll speak to people and you'll say, well, your card payments are automated. Oh yes, of course they are. And you're great. So someone wants, you know, somebody suddenly picks up a phone. Aren't they talking to someone at your call center? Oh, you know, yeah, they are. Well, don't you want to move them out of that call center? A good paying customer. You know, when you talk to a lot of these folks who have call centers, they're saying, you know, Lorraine calls me and is a good paying customer. I really don't need an agent on the phone with her. Right. I, it, she's good. She's a good payer. I, I just want her to go pay and again, get it back to a full automated process. So, you know, again, that's where companies need to start looking at for strategies to say, how do I make it so that when Lorraine calls, because she's going to call, you know, she's called every month, we can start moving her more towards an automated process, train her, show her an easy way to do that, maybe walk her through it. Uh, you know, one of the, the techniques we've seen, right? You're on the phone with an agent and they can say, hey, Lorraine, are you in front of your computer or your cell phone? You are? Great. Let me just send you this link. Click on it. See that you're right into the flow right now for automated payments. Go ahead and make it yourself. You see how you didn't have to give me your card over the phone? Um, isn't that great? We can sign you up to do this every month month if you like. So just there are tri- tricks there, even where people say, oh yeah, no, no, everything's automated. You go, well, is everything really automated, right? Take a look at some of the techniques you're using today to try and take those manual processes and, and turn them into to fully automated, as, as you were saying, full straight through processing. Now, are you talking about businesses or are you talking about banks? And obviously uh, banks are businesses, but <laughs> you get my so, meaning. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good question, right? In that case, especially at the call center, you, you are talking a lot about businesses. However, um, you know, one of the challenges banks face here, and, and it's been one of the struggles with bank and bill pay, right, is as a consumer, you know, I go on there, do I know it posted? Do I know it's the right account number? Do I know how much I owe? Am I confident it worked? Am I going to pick up the phone afterwards and call somebody, whether it's the bank or whether it's the merchant, to say, did you get my payment? I just made it, right? Um, or 
my bills due today. Oh my gosh, hey bank, can you help me with this? Right? How do how do I do this? And and then very often that's where the bank's gonna go. There's not much we can do. Right? That's gonna be an overnight process or a, a, a next day process. So it, it's again trying to use those techniques to say, yeah, it, it what I described earlier is a lot of businesses, but there's a lot of bank involvement there too. Um, to the consumer. And anything you can do to streamline that consumer, take the friction out, right? Make it easier for them to make that payment reduces the chances of that consumer ultimately picking up the phone and calling to go, hey, I uh, got a question about my payment, right? Teach them to self-serve so they don't have those questions. And what do you mean when you say banks can digitize cash? What does it mean to digitize cash? It's a really good question, right? One of the problems with cash is if you think about, oh yeah, I'm going to have a place where people are going to come in and hand cash to pay a bill. Right. Somehow you've got to take that cash, something or someone has to take it. And then somehow that get, needs to get converted in a way to get to the, uh, the end user. Right. So they understand that they've they've gotten a payment. So, you know, I'm I'm a, a merchant, you know, Lorraine, you're my consumer. Right. You want to go and pay in cash. Well, how do I do that so that the merchant doesn't have to deal with physical cash, take it to the bank, collect it deal with an armored car, whatever the, the merchant has to do in terms of their bank interaction? Right. And so the, the idea there is, is there a place I can go, a third party site? You know, is it someplace I go today, you know, whether it's a retailer or whether it's a drugstore, whatever, where I can hand them cash. And when they put that in their system, maybe by just scanning a barcode or something like that, it turns it now into everything looks automated. Right. The retailer is already collecting cash. Um, so that's a daily part of their process. There's no additional friction there from the retailer side. Um, and now you've actually taken that transaction that before was, well, wait, somebody, whether it's a bank, whether it's a retailer, or this person has to type in something and enter it. And then somebody else on the back end has to go, oh, I see Lorraine's payment. Let me enter into the system. Now they've turned it into something electronic, right? That now passes it through just like as if they went into the, to the merchant's website and paid with a credit card. Hey, look, that's automated process. Why don't I just follow that through the same process I, I've built there, but now I'm going to do it for cash. It's that last mile problem. I think that you're describing, right? How do I connect that last mile of the consumer has physical cash in their hand, and yet I want to convert that into something digital that follows the normal process. And that's where you can use third-party systems at, at say, a, a drugstore retailer or something like that, that can actually convert that um, cash into a, a digital transaction. You talked a little bit about digital wallets. Can you talk a little bit about how they fit in and how banks could leverage those? Oh, absolutely. And it's it's a big issue. And, and we've seen actually, so digital wallets have been around a while, right? You think of the Apple wallet and the Google wallet, and you know, it's all in, in, in all its versions. Um, and, and consumer adoption has been slow, but steady. Um, the last year and a half has given us all numerous challenges or gosh, are we going on almost two years now? Uh, has given us numerous challenges. And one of the things we've seen has been a, a serious growth in the use of wallets, right? Touchless consumers living on their phone, they're, they're working from home, whatever. So they're, they're used to living on their phone. Um, so we've really seen an explosion in just the adoption of wallets. One area that, the, that has not grown as fast, but we're starting to really see it take off is, look, I, I live on my phone, right? I work from home, I live on my phone, I've got my iPhone, especially other generations, you know, younger than me, right? That, that's all, that's my primary internet connection is on my phone, I'm on my phone most of the day. Um, but hey, I, I have to pay bills. Um, how does that connect, right? The biller is contacting me every month, um, but yet I'm on my phone, right? And what they're doing is they're maybe sending me an email if I'm lucky, right? Otherwise I'm getting paper in the, in the mail, right? Which, you know, <laughs> who does that anymore, right? But so if you can start saying, well, look, we need to meet these consumers where they are now living, 
um, and taking that transaction, whether it was paper, whether it was a reminder, whether it was an email, and converting it to this is now a digital wallet interaction. So whereas before, you know, maybe a bank or a merchant might have sent Lorraine an email, hey, you know, by the way, don't forget this bill is coming up. You, you need to pay it. You know, who's looking at email, right? I'm living on my iPhone. I want something sent to my Apple wallet that gives me an alert that says, oh, I've got a bill due. And then let's take it a step further, right? Let me go into my wallet and say, well, there is my bill. I can see it there. And now maybe I pay it with Apple Pay. So I just say, oh, I'm on my phone. I get an alert that my bill is due in my Apple wallet. I bring it right up on my phone. There it is. Pay it with Apple Pay. Thumbprint. I'm done. So it's tremendous reduction of friction for the consumer. Again, it's meeting that consumer where they live. And this is both banks and merchants, right? Need to start thinking about this. That consumer is living there on their phone. If you're sending emails or if you're just sending paper to them about reminders, um, you're not meeting them where they are. You're, you're putting friction in the way. I get something in the mail or something in email and I go, oh, right. Let me go on my phone. How do I pay that again? Right? You know, you're just putting hurdles in their way. Digitize the whole thing. Get, the, get them where they are, right? And, and where they're living today. And, and make it a seamless transaction. You also said that applying, banks should be applying, or we, we society, I don't, I'm not sure which, uh, applying the same automated process for diversements that you do for payments. How would that work? Yeah, so here's a, here's a great example, right? Um, let's say I, I work with a bank and um, I have a loan payment with my bank. Um, and you can you can take this with a bank. Obviously, it works with banks, but it can even work with a lender who's not a bank, right? But I'm I'm working with my bank. I have a loan payment. I'm making my loan payments every month, uh, and I'm doing it on my debit card, right? Every month, I'm I'm sending my bank my debit card payment, and I make a mistake. And one month, I overpay it, or at the end, I do I I pay more than the payoff amount by accident, right? Oh shoot, hey um, bank, I you know overpaid. Um, can you just disperse it back to my debit card? And a lot of times, you know, banks won't do that, right? Oh, you overpaid? We'll send you a check. And, and when you're a consumer, think about that as a consumer experience, right? I've automated my payments to you. I'm debit card payment to you. Like it gets there the same day, right? All good. But when you're sending me money, I'm going to wait five to seven days for a check in the mail. And then I have to deal with a check, right? That's not good consumer experience. Um, so you need to think about however the consumer is paying me, I should be able to move the money back if I need to move the money back to the consumer in that same fast method. And you can think about this, you know, banks are a great example with things like overpayments of loans, uh, mortgage escrow returns, um, things along that. And then if you expand beyond banks, right, you can look at it, uh, insurance, insurance claims um, that way as well. I think about it from a customer service experience. Um, I've actually had experienced this myself, right? You have some issue in, in insurance wise, you know, in my case, it was a tree hitting my house. Uh, insurance adjuster comes over, looks it all over, estimates the amount and says, can I have your debit card? Okay. Those funds are in your bank in 30 minutes or less. What a great consumer experience, right? You're all of a sudden the consumer's going, wow, my insurance company or my bank, if I'm dealing with a loan company really does value my time and me as a consumer, right? Because they're returning the money to me even faster than I get it to them. So that's kind of what we mean by disbursements, you know, in, in the same way that you make payments. So what sort of technology is required to support these type of automations? I mean, broadly. Yeah. So broadly, there's a number of different technologies out there for depending on which area we're talking about, right? For, for things like disbursements, there's plenty of disbursement options out there, right? Visa and MasterCard both have disbursement rails that are out there today. 
Um, there's the ability to push via ACH if you, if you didn't want to do it via card. And as the real-time payments network is getting up to speed, right, there, there will eventually be that the push to real-time payments as well. The challenge, and banks face this, right, is am I really, do I have to integrate each one of these separately? And, and banks and merchants all have the same issue, right? Am I Am I going to have to do every one of these? Am I going to have to build out all of these separately? Or do I need to work with a payments company, you know, a company that, that knows, you know, and has built all this out. And that way I do one integration and I can get this all. And I'll take that a slightly step further too, right? On top of the payments um, are rules that can be built around it. Um, so you, you can think about the, descript- the, the example I gave you, right? Of, hey, I'm making loan payments to my bank every single month. And at the last month, you know, I had it set up to do $300 a month. And the last month, I only $200 was due. But of course, my automated payments were set up for $300 a month. I just overpaid the bank. Why isn't there a business rule in place that says, hey, if the consumer is trying to pay and it's over their payoff amount, either A, stop the payment, notify the consumer, or pay the lesser amount if you've gotten the, the approval of the consumer up front. Uh, and that's just one example, right? You, c- you can think of a number of different uh, rules examples that, that banks and merchants can build around the payment process uh, that just take, again, get that friction out and make it easier for the consumer and quite frankly, easier for the bank or the merchant on the back end to not have to deal with exception cases. I assume that your platform does some of this, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, pay near me, we, we do that today, right? The quick commercial pay near me, right? We digitize cash. We have, you know, over, you know, 30,000 locations around the country uh, where consumers can walk in, whether it's a CBS, 7-Eleven, a Walmart, a Family Dollar, you know, uh, and they can pay in cash that gets digitized. Plus, we also have the platform on the back end that does uh, all this payments, pushing the wallets, disbursements, business rules. Yeah. So we are one of the payment providers that, that is absolutely capable of doing all of this. So let me ask you this. Why are there so many fintechs entering the payment space right now, do you think? Um, And how does that make it for you as a fintech that's in the payment space already? So, you know, they often say, you know, imitation is a serious form of flattery, right? Uh, But I think a lot of fintechs are entering the payment space just because people are starting to recognize, I think, what we recognized a long time ago, that payments are changing at an incredibly rapid pace. Um, and, and again, some of the things we talked about here, whether it's wallets, whether it's real-time payments, whether it's these real-time disbursements, um, and then you know, pile on top of that, you know, all the payment rails that are in use today, whether it's you know, card, PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, you know, I can keep naming them, right? Um, that the payment space is moving so quickly that there's so much room for innovation there. Um, and, and that's partly where things like that I described, right, the digitizing cash, the, the dispersing to a card the consumer um, has already pushed from, um, integration of these other third parties. There's just a tremendous room for innovation right now. Um, it's one of the things that we at Pay Near Me really enjoy. Uh, it makes it kind of puts a smile on my face as a product guy, like there's so much room for innovation and, and we do that on a daily basis. And I think that's why you're seeing a lot of fintechs get in the game. I think one of the other things you're seeing, and we just saw this, I think, just a week ago. Um, so FedNow, right, is is the other real-time payments network, the federal one, the, the, you know, 2023, 2024 time period. And they just announced bill pay is one of the areas they want to get into. And, and it makes sense. Whether it's a good fit or not is probably for a whole different podcast. But, but <laughs> it makes a lot of sense because if you think about bill pay, right, what's the one interaction you have? every single month. Well, I pay my mortgage every single month. Well, I pay my auto loan every single right? These are things that happen every single month. There's millions and millions of them every month of bill pay. It's recurring. It's consistent. It's always happening. So when people are looking for not only I'm a fintech and I want to get in, but 
where can I get in that I know a consumer is interacting? Well, bill pays an obvious fit, right? I know people are paying bills. I think the average we've seen is eight to 10 bills a month. Most households are paying. That always feels low to me. I know I pay a lot more than that. Um, but what a great, you know, oh, well, that's where I want to go. I know everybody is doing it. And I know they're doing it multiple, multiple times a month and a great place for innovation and removing friction. So how will, do you think, real uh, FedNow and its its efforts impact fintechs in the payment space? I, I think the jury is out. Um, it's hard, you know, I, I think as, as we're seeing with real-time payments, right, with, with the clearinghouse, while I'm, I'm a big proponent, I think it's a great technology, launching new payment rails is hard um, from many aspects. One, getting all the banks on board, getting everything coordinated, getting everybody timeline working. So that that's the hard technical piece. And gosh, that's hard in of itself. But I think the other problem both real-time payments and FedNow are going to have is consumers, Right. Training a consumer to pay in a new way is really, really difficult. Um, you get the what's in it for me aspect. You get in the forget aspect. Look, I'm a, I'm, I'm a self-admitted payments geek, right? I, I love payments. <laughs> I, I pay any way I can. I try all the different payment rails. So, you know, I have a wallet on my phone. I can scan at the register with the wallet and pay and go. Um, nine times out of 10, I forget. Like, oh, you're, the payment is this much. I reach in my wallet and I pull out my debit card. Uh, you know, because that's what I'm trained to do, right? So how do you start convincing people, don't be trained that way, go this way. Um, it's really difficult without an incentive and even with incentives, still hard. I, I think, you know, Apple Pay for all its wonderful things, and I think it's, Apple Pay is great, has learned that lesson, right? It's it's a terrific, it's, it's frictionless, it's great. It's hard to get people to use it all the time. <laughs> you just don't think about it, right? You've been listening to The Buzz, a Bank Automation News podcast. Thank you for your time, and be sure to visit us at bankautomationnews.com for more automation news. You can also follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Please don't hesitate to rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice.